Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. This episode was recorded live at the Manor Vale Lodge. Conversations on Dance at the Vale Dance Festival is generously underwritten by the town of Vale. I'm Rebecca King Ferraro. And I'm Michael Sean Breeden. And you're listening to Conversations on Dance. Good morning, everyone. And thank you for returning to Conversations on Dance here at the Vail Dance Festival. My name is Michael Sean Breeden. And I'm Rebecca King Ferraro. And we're so glad to have you all joining us this morning. And we're so glad to have Aji here with us. It's been a while since we've spoken with you. So we look forward to kind of catching up and seeing what you've been up to. But we would like to do a little rewind in case anyone missed our episode with Aji in 2019. So maybe we could just learn a little bit about your um, personal background in dance, maybe what some of your early uh, employment opportunities were like. How did you get started in in dance? Mm -hmm. Hi, so happy to be here. (laughs) Um, Good to see you all. My name is Aji Sisako. I'm originally from Munich, Germany. My mom is German. My dad is from Senegal, West Africa. Um, I grew up in Munich, and my dad plays the kora, which is a Senegalese string instrument, sounds like the harp. So he was playing and practicing every day, and I was just like not even walking and moving already around. So I think the connection to dance was established really early. Um, For me to start more professional dance actually came out of a visit to the school doctor, which is more common in Germany before you join elementary school. They um, do a test to make sure you're ready to go to school and you had to draw a snake and say something at the same time. And apparently I was struggling, so the doctor told my parents, in order to improve coordination and spatial awareness, it would be really good for me to dance. Mm. So my parents were like, oh, that's great. She loves to dance anyway. So they (laughs) put me into jazz dance and ballet once a week. And I loved it. Um, I loved both of it. But my ballet teacher um, told my parents after every class, oh, she needs to do this professionally. She's so talented. (laughs) And my parents were really hesitant to 
push me in any kind of way. So they kept saying, no, this is just a hobby. Um, this is fine. <laughs> but um, my ballet teacher was very, very persistent. And eventually my parents let me audition for the Ballet Academy Munich. Um, it's very hard to get in, but it is completely free. And once you're in... If you pass the exams every year, you can just grow and grow and move up from one level to the next. And I got in. I loved it. I stayed there. And it was first once a week, then twice, then three times, and then every day. And the last two years are actually part of... Um, University, so you do get a diploma in dance, which is very helpful. Yeah. So <laughs> I ended up having that as well. You had to decide if you wanted to drop out of normal school for that, which I didn't quite want to do. So the last two years, I did dance all day, and then at 5 p.m. I ran and did evening school. Um, but So I graduated from that. And then I moved to New York um, through an SAB summer course, and then I took a class at ABT, and then JKO offered me a scholarship for their round-year program, which I had to decide really quickly if I wanted to take. I came back from the summer course and then had two weeks to be like, oh, am I moving to New York? <laughs> <laughs> and my parents didn't have the money to help me out with that, but then my grandparents and my teacher actually um, helped me make wow. this dream come true. I moved to New York and danced at JKO for one year, auditioned everywhere, <laughs> which is actually easy because a lot of big companies come to New York to hold auditions. So every weekend, everybody gets a number <laughs> and <laughs> hopes to get the job. Um, <laughs> and then I ended up getting a job with the National Ballet of Canada in Toronto. So I moved to Canada and danced with that company for all three and a half years. Very classical company, big company, 70 people. I enjoyed it very much. Um, and then after a while, I started getting really nice opportunities. So then you're alone on stage, which was great. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I want more of that. But in a big company, you often have to wait a long time before it happens again. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of ready to dance more. And um, I joined Alonso King Lions Ballet in 2014, which is quite perfect for me because it's a smaller company, 12 people, and Alonso King, the director, really just choreographs on his dancers. So everything that you have will be used and valued and played with, and so it was a good fit for me, and I'm still there. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about the style that you trained in. What mm -hmm. was your initial training like? And then like you, I remember last time we spoke with you, you went to SAB and you mm -hmm. kind of like took to that style. You were mm -hmm. interested in mm -hmm. that. Tell us a little bit about that. So my school in Germany, the Ballet Academy Munich was very Russian Vaganova style training. Um, and so I did that for 11 years. And my first kind of encounter with something else was when I went to SAB to do the summer course there. And I remember the first few days, I was just like, oh my gosh, I can't do this. <laughs> Everything was double the speed, triple the speed, point shoes from the bar, different techniques of spotting front and holding fingers. Like I was just very <laughs> overwhelmed. But at the same time, there was also something fun about it. And I remember by the end of the summer course, I was like, oh, this isn't like, this could actually work also. So like just like gaining more opportunities and like just broaden your vision. Mm -hmm. So it's not so like this is the one style. Like there's mm -hmm. so much out there. Mm -hmm. So it was actually a really good experience for me and it challenged me and it helped me move faster. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, I want to talk for one second. Mm -hmm. You mentioned exams briefly, and that is something that, as far as I'm aware, doesn't happen anywhere in in America. Mm -hmm. I could be wrong. But if if it's quite rare, Mm -hmm. um, what is that like? Is that just something that, you know, you grow up with so it feels normal, Mm -hmm. or is it stressful every year? Oh, it's stressful. (laughs) It's twice a year. Mm -hmm. And so basically these exams are more like all the directors and teachers come, they observe the class, and then now they also do like written papers and all of that. So yeah, it's, yeah. What is part of the written exam, like dance history? Yeah, Yeah. and music, and and we did train in like, you know, we had character, we had modern, we had classical, so we had like different areas, yeah. Were you interested in any of those other areas, or Um, was it always just like ballet point shoes mm, for you? I liked them all, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed them all. I even loved character dance, like, (laughs) because we would have these, like, he would explain us, oh, this dance is from the Ukraine, this dance is from here, and and you had to be a completely different character, and I loved it. <laughs> and you had to like play with the rhythm, and yeah, so yeah. no, I loved it. <laughs> Did you ever think about staying in Europe, or were you always kind of um, mm-hmm. New York centric? Mm-hmm. I think for me, to be honest, I never had like this really clear vision. I just stumbled into dance. I, I didn't even grow up saying I want to be a ballerina. I mm. just stumbled into that and I enjoyed it. So I kept going. And my parents were actually the ones that had nothing to do with dance and they never had gone to a ballet. And they even kept asking me, are you sure you want to do this? It's now four times a week. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm still really liking it. <laughs> um, and so I think I just... I stayed, and then when it was time to start thinking about the future, uh, my director, Constance Vernon, who really played a really big role in my future and path, she always had this vision of me in the States. And I think it had to do with my height. I was just always tall, and also my skin color. And she was worried that it would maybe be tricky finding a lot of opportunities in Germany. Um, and so she was like, oh, I see you in New York. Mm-hmm. And so, and I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, again, I just, and then even when I was um, training at JKO, a lot of my friends had this clear dream, like ABT, ABT. Mm-hmm. And I was always like, mm, yeah, I mean, I love ABT. I love like a lot, like, I just, um, where I go, I have to feel it out. And then if I have a good sense, like I remember auditioning, sometimes I would go, I went, for example, to Boston and I felt it out. And I went to the National Ballet of Canada and I felt it out. And I feel like the more, like I felt like a good sensation, like being in their studios and the people were nice and it just felt right. So mm-hmm. then when I got the job off, I was like, yeah. That's it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. I wonder, um, tell us a little bit about those early years. So you're just joining mm-hmm. National Ballet of Canada, first time in a company. What were some of the things you were dancing and then some of your first opportunities that you got? Yeah. My first ballet that I danced was Serenade, um, which mm-hmm. they showed in like a little excerpt of it the other day. Uh-huh. And I loved it. It's mm-hmm. it's really the best piece to start with because the core, the ballet, which is your first position when you join a company, is so important. And it's huge and it's magical and you become this like unity and you're all there together. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're, it, it was great. I loved it so much. Um, 
company life isn't easy. You come from a school where all eyes are on you and then you're in a big company and suddenly you just have a lot of more responsibilities. Mm. You have to make sure you read the schedule. I missed the rehearsal my first week because I didn't read the schedule correctly or, <laughs> you know, and people in class are not giving you corrections. It's just like a warm-up. You have to make sure you work hard. You have to make sure if you need to practice something, you go next door. So it's just, it changes and you have to really grow up. Um, but I, I really enjoyed it. And then my first opportunities were Lilac Ferry. Um, and I did Chroma and Elites and Compatience. And like those kind of things were just like, oh, I like this. Rather <laughs> than being in the corps de ballet with so many people and trying to be exactly like the person in front of you when I am the tallest and longest and quite different, but yet trying to move <laughs> like them. And I think I moved a little bit um, not as big as I could. I mm -hmm. was holding back, and I was even like holding back my height, I think, just subconsciously. Um, so, yeah. yeah. You should never try to fit in <laughs> in any sort. It's That's what your uniqueness is just what makes you so special. I'm wondering, you know, you have this amazing job. It's a, a company that's world-renowned, respected by every ballet dancer. Mm. Um, making the choice to leave fairly early, three and a half years is, is a mm. significant amount of time, but still mm. early. Mm -hmm. How did you make that decision? How did you come to that, that um, decision that mm. you needed to go somewhere where you would feel more comfortable in living in your own individuality? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was... We um, every year with the company you have a talk with the director and I talked to Karen Kane and she really from the moment I joined she was always really looking out for me um, mm. which I appreciated. She knew me from the Prix de Lausanne a competition I had done prior and so we had a good relationship and I think a very honest relationship and one of the questions she had asked me was like where do you see yourself like going forward? I'm like I definitely want to move up because I really like these opportunities. And she's like, I see that for you too. And I am, you know, like not really the core person. Um, but at the same time, if she looks at the year program, she sees me here and then again there. Mm. And she also felt kind of like, I don't want you to stay and then regret waiting around, waiting around even if there is a promotion or whatever it is, right? And so then she was like, I just wish there was somebody that would just work with all of that you have because she said, I feel like we are not. And I was like, mm -hmm. I feel that a little bit. And she actually mentioned lines. She's like, I love Alonso. I feel like that would be such a good fit. Mm -hmm. And I knew about Alonso and lines too. In fact, I had taken a class with them and I was still in school it was like a whole day and I, I was so overwhelmed. They had they had to improvise. They had to <laughs> move so different. I was like, oh, I don't recognize this. I don't like it. <laughs> um, but I had obviously grown up and I was more mature and I was just ready to do more. So when she mentioned it again, I was like, sure. So I, um, I was... I think we were on a little break and I was in Germany and Lions Ballet was in France on tour. So I actually was able to join them in France. I remember it was like just squeezed in there. They had a show. I arrived in the morning, didn't even take class, just went on stage and worked with Alonso personally. Wow. And it was great. It was like he just started creating on me and making up phrases and <laughs> movement and then let me do it. And 
I just went for it. I really didn't have any big expectations. I was just there, and I think that was perfect because I wasn't doubting anything. He was like, spell your name with movement. And I just went for it. I was like, <laughs> okay. And I feel like in the past, I would have been like, what? <laughs> so um, it was challenging. Like at one point, he had me put on my point shoes and face upstage, and it, it was all dark. So I was just falling around. <laughs> and I said, oh, I'm so sorry. And he's like, no, no, I actually want to hire you. Can you start tomorrow? And I'm like, no, I'm in the middle of a season and I have a contract but um, he's like oh well I know Karen and so they talked it out and I was able to leave kind of mid-season wow. after Nutcracker and join Lines yeah wow, that Nutcracker okay, yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, that conversation with Karen is maybe not one that's very common with artistic mm. directors it can be very common yeah it's hard right to tell a dancer I don't see you here mm -hmm. and so I just wonder how you received that it sounds like it was a very positive conversation but it could also be a little disappointing yeah, I think especially when you talk about things after the fact, it's so much easier, of right, course. to like see it from the. I, I remember, even though I agreed, still hearing it like, oh shit, she she thinks that too, like, right. and she thinks that I might be like wasting my time. That's that's big. Um, yeah. So I was definitely I was sad, mm -hmm. and my boyfriend and I at the time we had just decided to maybe um, move in together, and we were about to sign like um, Elise. Yeah, Elise. And then I told him, "Ooh, uh, this talk now makes me rethink, and maybe it's not the best idea." I mean, Karen was. She said. You know, just try a few things, and she's not. And I was like, "So do I have to leave if I don't find anything?" She's like, "No, no, like it's really just, That's so you amazing. know, yeah." So it was like it wasn't like you need to go. It wasn't in that right. sense, but still, like, <laughs> right. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's a pretty abrupt start mm -hmm. to company life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm presuming you moved then right mm -hmm. away. Like, I mean, you weren't you weren't doing a, a like a plane commute to work. No, not to um, San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> so, what was that like? Kind of just dealing with not just the upheaval of transitioning to a new company, but a new city, like mm -hmm. wholly new life. Yeah. Good thing I had done it before um, <laughs> because I had I left my home in Germany when I was 18, moved to New York, big city, overwhelming, and then I moved to Toronto, completely new again. Mm -hmm. So. I think I wasn't as worried about San Francisco. I was like actually kind of excited. Um, uh, I did find an Airbnb first, and then I thought, okay, once I'm there, I figure the rest out. And Lines was really helpful as well. Um, 
I didn't love San Francisco in the very beginning because I didn't know the city, so I went kind of to like very sketchy areas, <laughs> and I took the wrong buses, and I was like, oh gosh, and it was raining, and so it took me a second, about a few weeks, and then I discovered the beautiful places, and now I'm in love, <laughs> but um, so yeah, it was, I think the toughest for me for the transition was just joining lines and realizing how, how different they were. My idea at first was to stay for one year, and then move on to maybe more classical stuff. Like, I just wanted to get the experience, just mm -hmm. see what it's like. Um, obviously, I enjoyed it and stayed, but I remember the first few weeks I wanted to cry every day just because Alonso kept saying, there's more, there's more. And I was like, where? I, I'm <laughs> doing what you're saying because I was so used to just do what you're told. And he wanted to do what you're told and then what do you as what are you saying through the movement so let's say he tells us the movement is this and this then i would just do this and this and what he was interested in is like what does this fist mean to you like how do you want to hold it how is it and then how does this wrap like does it wrap is it soft does it is it maybe another people said like there's so many options and mm -hmm. these options at first get really overwhelming mm -hmm. until you embrace them and I think it's like, wow, so it never gets boring because every day I'm going to approach it in a different way and it's going to keep it interesting and you're just like 100% present in the work rather than just like, oh, here we go, I've done this ballet, I know the steps, kind of like zoning mm -hmm. out. So it's like, it's just a different, different right. movement. I wonder if that's kind of um, a parallel with, like you were saying before, you were just trying to sort of fit in before mm -hmm. and now you yeah. have this freedom. So how did you kind of start to shed that mm. feeling of wanting to fit in and embracing your beautiful yeah. self. Yeah. <laughs> I think like within after a week, it goes really fast with yeah. lines because you're constantly asked to do that. So without realizing suddenly you really ask yourself, what do I like? Oh yeah, mm. this. And then, and then you do something and you realize, Oh, my arms have never been that far away from me. They have always held them there. <laughs> and then you start liking this and then you start finding length in other, and you're like, wow. So it was like, yeah, I just like had these realizations like mm -hmm. throughout. Yeah. And the thing is, it doesn't stop. Um, you know, after a year, like I did actually get a contract with Dresden, like oh, half, wow. ha after six months of joining line, suddenly I had an offer from a company that I thought I would want to join because it's classical again. Mm -hmm. And then I just couldn't accept it. I was like, there's so much to learn here. Mm -hmm. There's so much growth and expansion that I can just like now leave again. So, I, And that just happened year after year after year. And now it's like my 10th season. <laughs> wow. yeah. I'm curious, you know, the company is smaller. What kind of influence the other dancers had on you? Mm -hmm. Because I'm sure that they're all embracing their own individuality in that same way. It is a very unique company. Nobody looks mm -hmm. like anyone else. Mm -hmm. And um, could you, were you kind of emulating or like being influenced by the others in the room mm -hmm. as well? Like not just Alonso. Definitely, definitely. Because, because it is such a small company, Alonso is the person in the front and in the studio, but then you, you're watching others, right? And then everybody, because we are like a family, we give each other so much information. And so I had people that had been there for over 10 years, like work with me on the side and like feed me information. It was so helpful. And sometimes I would be also frustrated because the information that they would give me is like, 
just kind of internally and then there was like a picture reference and I'm like oh god like and then they were like don't worry it's gonna just take a few years to get it <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm very huh. German I want to I want to just do it right now and specific and so it's just a completely different way of working yeah, yeah. but yeah in the end I'm just I couldn't be more grateful and now I'm the one giving these people this advice uh. and I'm like don't worry it took me years as well <laughs> <laughs> Um, let's talk about improving a little bit mm -hmm. because you've told us that that's a big part of Alonzo's process. Mm -hmm. And for us, we can't think of anything worse than it's having scarier. to improv something. <laughs> it's like being a, like you're saying, you want someone to tell you exactly mm -hmm. what to do and then you execute and that's your comfort zone. Yeah. So what was that like for you? Yeah, definitely. And he loves to play these little games where he puts you all in the corner and then he's like, oh, now just move across the floor and think there's a maybe fire under your f feet or <laughs> in the middle there something happens and you get swallowed. Or like I'm just making this up, yeah, but yeah, like yeah. literally things like this. And if you're not used to that, that can be a bit scary because... You have to just go for it with not knowing the outcome, which we are just not used in these other companies. Right. And I remember one of my first shows, actually my first show in New York with Lines, there was a ballet called Constellation. And it it, got, it has these big light panels that people carry and um, shine with. And so one of the roles that I was given was um, improving from stage right to stage left with just one... Like, one thing that was said is, like, once you get to center, you get lower. That's it. And people are, like, shining light above you. And so I'm, like, I'm obviously not improving. It's my first show in New York. Um, so I planned out a whole scenario, had all the steps set, and I felt really good about it. <laughs> and so I did the show. And then after, Alonso came to me, and he's, like, what was that? That was not improv. That was completely structured and set, and it's not working. And tomorrow you need to improv. So I was like, oh my gosh, like I really, now I can't, I can't say anything he knows. <laughs> so it was like one of the scariest things because I just stepped on stage. I'm like, here I am. I don't know what's going to happen. And then my body just started moving and it was amazing because I can't even tell you what I did. It happened. And it, at one point I was on the other side. And then after he was like, there we go. Wow. And it felt amazing because I just could like shut off my thinking brain and just listen to like the more internal, like, and let like something else speak, which I wasn't used to. And that's how I really started learning about my own. Like I, like I would improv and suddenly I would do like these really weird things. I'm like, wow, my body really wants to speak like this. Interesting. Mm -hmm. And rather than being like, that's odd, I was start starting to like embrace it. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay. I hear you. <laughs> Can we talk? I, I want to keep going in this improv direction. We, we talked a little bit about improv yesterday with musicians as well. Mm. And improv can mean just go out and do what you want for, you know, four counts mm. of eight. Mm -hmm. But it could also mean other things. Like yeah. there's structure to the improv. What are yeah. some of the ways that Alonzo might structure yeah. improv sections? Like most of the ballets are really not like... People sometimes ask, is this all improv? And we're like, no, it's not. But because we have so much freedom in the structure, you do make choices. Mm -hmm. So it's different than improv from just like free for all, but you have you can make choices within the vocabulary that you start learning by dancing with lines. You start learning to, what are some of the movements that are just like make sense for the work? So it's so hard to explain, but again, like even when I, when you have certain, let's say the phrase is an eight count of hand, hand, up, up, 
you still have to do hand, hand, up, up, but you might be able to say, I'm doing hand, hand, up, up, or I'm doing hand, hand, up, up. So you mm. can play with timing. Mm -hmm. You can make choices on, on music. Mm -hmm. You can make it also, maybe he didn't specify the head. So maybe people start looking different ways while they do it. Or they do it at different levels. So it all becomes different and yet we are still staying true to the structure. Oh, that's yeah. so interesting. Yeah. Do, you, do you ever get feedback from him that's like, mm, I, but not that? Yeah. <laughs> Especially in the early days because... I, I would say I wasn't as familiar with the lines vocabulary yet. And so when we could make choices, like I remember one time I put this like really big, like a la second jump in there and I thought it was great. <laughs> but he was like, uh, uh, like because it just didn't make sense. And mm. that's hard to explain. But, you know, where I put the jump it was like more intimate and it, it, it stayed like more grounded and suddenly I decided like it didn't fit together. Right. So then it didn't make sense. And now I understand that. But back then I was just like, oh, but I can mm. do this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's less showy. It's like the work is just not about, ha, ah, look what I can do, but more like I'm inviting you to join me in my world. Mm, so it's, yeah. it's just a deeper, deeper level. Yeah. Right. Let's uh, switch gears and talk a, mm -hmm. a little bit about the Vale Dance Festival. What was your first time here? I'm assuming it was with Lines. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I came with Lines years ago, and then we came ag again 2019, I guess, right? Mm -hmm. When yeah. we did the yes. interview. Yeah. Um, so this is really the first time that I'm here by myself. Um, and when we came in the past, we wouldn't be here for the whole festival. We came, we performed, and we left. Then the last time we were here, we had that collaboration with New York City Ballet, yeah. where half of the company, including myself, it was six of us and six of them, mm -hmm. would come together and build a piece. Was it six or was it? It sounds yeah, about six right. Sounds six. About yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. So it was so cool, and that was an Alonzo piece. It right? was an Alonzo yeah. piece. Yeah, yeah, personal element, and we actually after that creation that was for Vale, the company um, did that piece a lot. So it really became yeah. one of our important pieces. Wow, it was Very so cool. great. We loved yeah. it. Um, how is this experience different? Being here mm -hmm. as your own artist, you're also the artist in residence this yeah. year, which is very important. So mm -hmm. how is that? different for you this year yeah I'm um, just really it's like I'm on my own <laughs> and I I think the biggest difference is really that I'm in multiple pieces mm -hmm. by other choreographers I'm also creating my own piece which mm -hmm. I've never done before and it's I'm here for the whole chunk of time so it really feels like I'm moving into Vail <laughs> and I'm just working all day every day so it's a lot I'm already exhausted and I just <laughs> yesterday I um, I went to bed. I'm like, oh, I'm so excited to sleep. And then I realized it's really just the beginning of the festival. Like it hasn't <laughs> really started. Like, you know. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but it's great. And you are with all these other people from all these different companies. And they're all extraordinary. So I'm in class and I'm just amazed and mm. just really, really grateful. I told somebody in the center yesterday, I, I can't believe this is happening. Like, we're all here on stage and we're just like... It just brings everybody together and we're just sharing our passion for dance and creating art. And that's really special. And you don't have a lot of places where this can really happen. And not just for a day, but for a period of time. So, yeah. yeah. So did you say this is your very first choreographic opportunity? Well, so basically <laughs> I've started choreographing. Um, I mean, through lines, you, 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 st you start right. building that 
that um, skill. But I during the pandemic was really when I kind of dug into that and I choreographed a little piece for Ballet X, like over Zoom and mm. and on like just maybe a person or two, just like a solo. But I've never choreographed on myself. Mm. Last year, last summer, I got the Toolman Fellowship through NYU, which included me going to New York and creating a piece. But again, I created on others. And then I improved a little section. So mm. I didn't really, because I, I kind of wasn't ready. I was like kind of scared because I never judge when I choreograph on others. But then when it was about me, I started being like, why do you do this? Oh, this doesn't look... You know, <laughs> I went back to that and I was like, no, I can't do it. And then this year, here we are. I'm doing it. <laughs> and I'm actually really excited. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens. My cousin um, who plays the Cora that I mentioned that my dad also plays, it's an instrument that has been in my family for 72 generations. It goes wow. way, way back. Um, my ancestors in Senegal used to play it for the kings and it was oh very important um, to keep traditions and stories alive and being passed on. And so my last name, Sisoko, is very well known in Senegal or West Africa in general for being griots. And griots translated means storytellers. So that's just, it's my family. It, like that's you are amazing. born into it. And so I am already a storyteller and it's funny to me because I'm not playing the Cora. I mean, I'm learning now, but you know, it's not something that I pursued, but I pursued dance and through dance, I tell stories. So it's just like, yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Uh -huh. So now I get to create and I'm, I'm calling my piece Grio. So I think it's, yeah, it's going to be fantastic yeah. having him here too. Yeah. How did you guys, how did, how did you decide that you would just create on you? What was that conversation like with Damien? Was there an idea that maybe you would work with other dancers? And Well, he just said, and you, you build a piece. And I said, oh, how many dancers do I get? And he's like, actually, it's going to be on you. <laughs> on you. Ah, okay, so there I'm you like, go. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> it's funny. I, I'm curious, a lot of choreographers, um, you know, are older and maybe like your physical capabilities lessen over time naturally mm -hmm. but you are still obviously very much in your prime how much mm -hmm. does your own physical ability influence what you are putting on others mm. because you can do the steps so uh, fully uh -huh. it's something like okay obviously we know these legs go up <laughs> um like is that like you're mm -hmm. like oh that feels fine on me so mm -hmm. i'll put it on you or how are you interacting with the dancers yeah. in that kind of relationship yeah. not at all actually okay. yeah <laughs> um that's why i've been getting asked a lot about um, choreographing for competitions like solos and I say mm -hmm. immediately no because I know it requires legs and tricks and it's just not how I want to work like I mm. I'm more like and I don't plan ahead I don't have the, all, this, everything set up before I choreograph I, I need to be in the room I need to feel the dancers I need to work with them and then I just build and it just kind of happens more natural and organic and it's and it's specifically for these dancers, kind of how Alonso would also work, you know. So it's like, yes, I'm giving movement, but I'm so open to see what, what the dancers make out of it. And then and then it starts um, shifting and, yeah, crystallizing. So, yeah. yeah. And I think that was the tricky challenge for um, choreographing on my own, where I know what I can do, but I didn't want to approach it from that way, where I'm right. just like, oh, let's show I can know. So it had to be like... If I hear the music, what is my body doing? Mm -hmm. And then I surprised myself because it's so much less. 
it's less. It's it's feeling the music and then letting my body speak. Because if I want to stay true to the storytelling, I can't I can't think, oh, this step is good or this. I have to go more. I have to go deeper mm -hmm. and I have to see what does the music do to my storytelling that isn't necessarily. I'm, my goal is not that the audience is like, oh, I got the story. This is what she said. She went here and then this happened. It's more like they felt something. Mm. So I just want to like, yeah. Have a feeling. Have, have a feeling, yeah. How do you feel like Alonzo has um, impacted your voice as a choreographer and how do you feel like you want to also veer off in your own path to, mm. to create your own voice mm -hmm. as well? Yeah, I, I guess hugely impacted because without realizing I'm like wow even when I choreograph I'm so similar to like how I work mm -hmm. like how I go in the room how I show how I like pick things from the people so that is very similar and I don't know if I've always if I would have always choreographed like that who knows right um but yeah creating my own I mean I'm not really thinking of Alonso so I don't like you know mm -hmm. I, I don't know <laughs> yeah I'm sure because my my movement language is similar or like has influenced by him. So I'm sure it's there, but I think the thing about Alonso is like, he just helped me find myself. So how you see me at night, that's me. And so how you see me in my choreography, that's me. So yeah. it's just like, there's not really a difference. Mm -hmm. It's like, I have just, I am still finding and have found certain like, yeah, me. Mm. Yeah. Well, we love watching you in Alonzo's Ballets, Thank but something I'm really excited to see you in is the White Swan Potato, which mm -hmm. is going to be sort of like a full circle <laughs> moment yeah. for yeah. you. Like classicism is in your bones. Mm -hmm. um, so tell, tell us about how that's been, been going and what, what night will we be able to see you perform that? Yeah, I'm so excited for it, but also so nervous because it's it's when I when people ask me in interviews what's something that you may be missing from the classical repertoire, I always say White Swan Pa, mm -hmm. because I loved Swan Lake. I did get to dance with the National many times, and then I even went back after being with Lions to guest with the National Ballet a few years later to do Swan Lake, but I've never gotten to do White Swan Pa, and I love that part of this so mm -hmm. much, um, and so it wasn't originally. Uh, when I talked to Damien, I was just doing Dying Swan. And then later on, at one point, he was like, oh, good news. We thought it would be also so great if you did White Swan Pa with Ben Rodison, who is with the National Ballet of Canada. And I was like, okay. Mm -hmm. And it was that mixture of like really, really excited, but also like, wow, this is going to be hard because I've just never done it. Um, and so, yeah, we just started working on it. And I'm performing it on Saturday, I believe. Oh, no, Friday. Friday is White Swan. <laughs> yes, I'm doing it on Friday. And, yeah, it's going to be... Well, my the tricky challenge I have with these very classical and original um, repertory to, like, how can I still bring myself in into it? Because that's all I've been working on, right? <laughs> like, finding myself, finding, like, what makes me me. And so I don't want to completely lose that, but yet there's a completely different structure. So I want to stay true to that structure as well and the technique and everything that's required. So it's just, like, finding that and getting used to your partner and... Yeah, figuring it out. So I'm just going step by step, day by day. And yeah, yeah I will be doing White Swan. <laughs> <laughs> so exciting. Uh, before we started recording, we were talking briefly about the parada that you and Calvin Royal III did on opening night that was just so gorgeous. Tell us a little bit in true veil fashion. It was kind mm -hmm. of like yep. mm -hmm. thrown together slightly at the last minute, which is, just makes it all the more impressive. So yeah. tell us what that was like. First of all, we were both 
the happiest when we found out we could mm-hmm. be dancing together because when I was at JKO, he was at JKO and so we started becoming friends. I always saw him rehearsing next door um, and so we became friends and all these years we've been saying, oh, it would be so nice if we could dance together because we never got the chance and then here we are, Vale made it happen <laughs> and I think Epilogue Power was also the perfect fit because he had done it at ABT I had done a version at um, Lines, and so we just kind of got together, saw, saw where the differences were, felt each other, had a few rehearsals, and then did it on stage. But it felt so natural. It felt like we were supposed to dance together in this movement. So it just, yeah, it was great. It was flawless. It was beautiful. Thank we you. <laughs> well, we can't wait to see you perform throughout the festival. I think now we have um, a little bit of time to open the floor to audience questions. I have a mic coming around. Go ahead. This is a very different question, but I can't resist asking Mm -hmm. the story behind that magnificent photograph of yours (laughs) that graces the poster and and how it was accomplished and how much time (laughs) it took to do it and those sorts of things. I remember that photo shoot. It was... Pretty, it wasn't that long ago, um, and I got braids, and so I had these long braids, and we're like, what can we do with that? <laughs> and I remember we were like in, um, in the studio, and I was like, I kept flipping my hair, but I kept losing my balance too, because I flipped, and I would like fall off a point, <laughs> but I'm like on my point shoes, and I, so I'm like holding my hands like this, and then I'm like flipping back, and yeah, and we got it, yeah. <laughs> but it was really fun, and it was fun, like that whole photo shoot, there's actually a bunch of pictures, and they all like involve like also playing with the hair, which we don't usually do, so yeah, it was great. It was another improvised moment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Any other questions? Anyone? No? Huh? All, right. all right, Bruce? Bruce, come on, Bruce. Oh, she stole the mic. Oh, okay, oh, man. okay. <laughs> and I and I thought it was going to be. I'll pass back to you in a second. Okay. So, when when you came out on stage, uh, and I my my first reaction, I know you guys can all put your hair in a bun, <laughs> but my first reaction is, where'd her hair go? <laughs> I mean, it was it was gone. <laughs> is is that with with such curly hair? Is that particularly difficult? Honestly, it's fine, but also that's all I'm used to, right? Um, <laughs> it would have been like with the, when I had the long braids, it was much harder because you don't want to have a huge thing on your head. Like, so like putting it all back was like a different thing. Mm-hmm. But with the curly hair, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, Calvin says he's the same height as you if you're on flats. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he's not a short guy. No, not at all. <laughs> uh, you and Calvin were so wonderful dancing together. I just wondered, are there other partners that you enjoy dancing with, that you feel there's just really a great structure between you? I mean, I haven't gotten as many opportunities to, uh, like, through in lines, I dance with a lot of people, right? Like, I have, like, I would say one main partner, but within that, like I've done the same part of like three other guys and um, a lot of people. We are all very tall at lines, um, but I've also danced with someone that was shorter than me and it it doesn't really matter as much at lines. Um, And then here, like I got to dance with Calvin. I'm getting to dance with Ben, which 
so different, right? Because we're doing different ballets, but I love dancing with both of them. Ben is incredible. He's an incredible partner. He has done Swan Lake before, so it's really a perfect fit because at least he knows what he's doing, right? When I'm still figuring <laughs> it out, I'm like, where's my hand? Where's my head? He's like, I'm here. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, I think... I'm, I even told, like, Jamar Roberts is building a piece on us. He's creating a trio with India um, and me and Olivia. And I was like, Jamar, like, I feel like I would love to dance with you. And he's like, I'd love that too. And so I feel like there's just like, I'm interested in dancing with everyone. Like, just like, see what happens, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Any other questions? No. All right. Well, Aji, thank you so much for joining us this morning. It was such a delight. And we just were obsessed with your dancing. <laughs> You're so beautiful. <laughs> and it was so great to see you dancing again this year. And we look forward to what's next for you. Can't thank wait you to so see much. more. Thanks, Aji. <laughs> thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks, Thanks, everyone. everyone. <laughs>